This week's parsha is a uh, probably one of the longest Kriyasa Torahs that we're going to find because you have the double parsha of Vayakel Pekude plus you have parsha Sachodes. So it's an uh, extremely long parsha and everyone's scrambling to find a Balkorah to lay in the Shabbos. Um, but uh, it was actually my son's bar mitzvah 19 years ago. So it falls up. Every 19 years, the English and Hebrew birthdays come out exactly the same day. Every 19 years. So it comes out exactly the... Uh, um. So I'm going to discuss something which I think is... will be controversial, but that hasn't stopped us before. But I think it's extremely timely. And... Um, you know, we, we're living in a, 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 a society where uh, everything has been questioned and, and Torah values are really seem to be going directly uh, opposed to what societal values are. And that's one of the difficulties we're having uh, almost at every, at every level. Uh, one of the questions that are being uh, scrutinized and uh, really a point of contention, which is interesting, not only in the Torah world, but at every level, is gender roles. And uh, now that's nothing new. You know, going back to, uh, you know, I remember there used to be uh, a, a cigarette commercial. I don't remember exactly the name of the cigarette, but it was a, a woman smoking, and uh, it was, you've come a long way, babe. Right? If you remember that, it was like Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Slims. You know, that was like that was a mark of women uh, ad- advancing women's causes that they're able to smoke publicly. You know, because it used to be not a, it wasn't appropriate. You know, that was the uh, you know. But uh, so these gender roles have been a, a question really going way back. But uh, I'd like to just. just Focus a little bit on, on, on the parsha this week. Vayakel Pekude is a recounting and accounting of the building of the Mishkan and the different vessels, the garments, and the donations that were made towards it. We've spoken the last, uh, in the past about why that is so important in terms of our daily lives and what do we, what do we care how the Mishkan was built, but we showed how it really has a, a direct correlation and impact to our own homes and our own lives. But we're going to deal with something specific today is the, the kior. The kior is uh, translated as the laver. It was a washstand that was at the entrance to the courtyard when the kohanim came in, both in the Mishkan and in time of the Beis HaMikdash. And actually a very important halacha. They had to wash their hands and their feet before they entered. And it was considered to be a capital offense for a kohen to go and do the service without having washed his hands and feet. It's very interesting, is what do we have today that is a remnant of that? That's for sure, but we have even every single one of us. Natilas Yudayim. Natilas Yudayim in the morning when you get up. According to some Rishonim, Natilas Yudayim when you get up, you go, you're getting up to do the service for God, so you wash. Now, we don't do our feet. It's interesting, the Muslims, by the way, they still do hands and feet. That's where the, it comes from the kior. Because there were spigots that came out in and, and, and the water and they turned it on and they would wash their hands and feet 
from the spigots that came out of the laver. And so uh, I want to read through here because some of these, the, the, the psukim, and, and, and it's very important to get a sensitivity for Rashi. Rashi is the greatest of all of the commentaries on Chumash. Rashi wrote it specifically where he does in, incorporate Medrash. Medrash is like the, the Torah Shabal Peh of what's not literally written in black and white in the Chumash, but he incorporates it when it's important to understand the simple reading. He won't just quote Medrash for the sake of quoting Medrash, but he'll quote it when it's part and parcel of what he feels important to understand the regular uh, translation, the regular understanding. And also Rashi will rarely wa- wax poetic. He does not, he's, he's a minimalist. He, the, the, you know, hundreds of hours are spent on one letter in Rashi and one word in Rashi. Why is he saying this? Why is he, you know, and all of a sudden we're going to see a Rashi over there almost like, a, you know, floodgates. Like it just, on and on and on. It seems very uh, unlike what the normal ter- uh, commentary of Rashi will be. But let's take a look. We're going to read here. It is in uh, the Parsha's um, uh, Vayakel, and we're dealing with the uh, uh, the the uh, the labor, the kior, the construction of the kior. It's chapter thirty-eight, verse eight. Vayatzes a kior. The kior was made nechoshes, was made out of copper. The es kano, I hope I'm not losing our uh, internet here. The um, es kano nechoshes, and the base. So the kior was a, a, a receptacle that was on a base, and both the receptacle and the base were made out of copper. What were they made from? The maros hatsoivos. The maros hatsoivos, these were the Maros were the, the, the mirrors that were brought by the Tsovos, uh, Asher Tsovu Pesach Ol Moed. Now we're going to see the simplest understanding is that the women had congregated at the entrance of the Ol Moed to bring these mirrors that were made out of copper, that were very shiny, they used to polish them, and then they were able to use them because they had reflection, they were able to use it. So these are the mirrors that somehow the women congregated you know, there's something that, you know, men, there's certain things men will do on and alone. Women need always to go with somebody else to go ahead and do that. But here it seems like the men didn't say that they congregated to donate. But here there's a congregation of the women coming to donate these mirrors. All right? So these, and, and it's the cure that's being made. Now let's go take a look at the Rashi here. This fascinating Rashi. So we're going to read it through quickly and then try break it down. Bemarai Satsaivos. These are the... Uh, it's literally, the word soivos comes with savat. Savat is an army or a legion, a throng, a large throng of people, right? The Jewish girls, these Jewish women had in their hands marais, mirrors, shiroos bahen kashemiskashtos, that they would use when they would uh, adorn themselves, when they would make themselves up. So it was like the little compact. I mean, I don't know how little it was, but it was what they used. In a, a, and the point Raj is going to emphasize, this is something that women feel very connected to. Like This is like what they used to be able to, what they call the vanity, uh, right? That they, right? So they had these. Va'af osan, and even these, which you can feel how strongly connected women would be to their mirrors, they did not hold back. Even these... They wanted to go ahead and donate. Lo ikvu mishkan. They did not hold back from bringing as a contribution to the mishkan. But vahaya moes Moshe bahen. The word moes is a very strong 
word. Moes is he was repulsed. Moshe Rabbeinu was repulsed. Maus is like disgusting. Like he was repulsed. He said, these tools, these mirrors are a tool for the Yetzirah. There's something that you, that, that they're a tool that a person does to make themselves look up, to try and entice or seduce someone. That's not appropriate to bring to, uh, to the, to, as being one of the vessels for the Mishkan. Amar Baruch Hu. Hashem said to him, Kabel, accept this. Ki chavivin alai minakol. That out of all of the donations in the Mishkan, these are the most endearing. These to me are my favorite donations. You don't want them. I'm telling you, I'm embracing them because these are the most important ones to me. Right? So he says like this. Ki eilu, he says, sha'al yadehen, because through these mirrors, the legions that left Egypt, the hundreds of thousands of people that were able to leave Egypt, is because of these mirrors. It's these are the mirrors that allowed the throngs, that allowed so many people to be able to leave Egypt. How? Right? When the husbands were uh, simple translation. They were worn out. They were weary from the back-breaking work. Right? Right. The women would go and they first would prepare food and drink for the husbands to, to eat. They would feed them. And then they would take the mirrors. And each one would look with her husband in the mirror, and they would seduce or appease them with words. Lomar saying, Ani na'a mimcha. I am prettier than you. Okay, just like, just reading Rashi over here. I am prettier than you. Okay. And through this uh, this appeasement and what the women were doing, they would be able to arouse their husbands, and they would have relations with them, and they were able to give birth, and they gave birth over there. We see why they had to give birth over there, because the, the Egyptians were killing all the babies that were going out of the house and, having, and giving birth uh, outside. All right? Uh, one second. Um, like it says in Shira Shirim, Tachas, uh, or Articho. Is that under the apple tree I aroused you. I mean, these were these trees that they were there in seclusion that they were ha- having this going on with the relations with their husband. And this is referring to those the, 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 the mirrors of, of, of congregation, of gathering together. So the symbol shot is the women gathered together, but the word savos are throngs. These are the mirrors that created the throngs, the legions, all the children that were born because of these mirrors. That's what the Pasuk refers to when it says the mirrors of Maros HaTzovos HaShir double time Loshan, the mirrors of congregation that they congregated. Alright? Benasa Kiyor Mehem. And from these mirrors they made the laver. 
Shehu l'asum shalom ben ish ishto. Now Rashi takes it to the next level. And what was the labor? One of the purposes of the labor was to bring shalom bias. To bring peace between a husband and wife. Being harmony. Shalom bias. Shalom actually means harmony. Not necessarily peace. But harmony. Co, uh, there's a, 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 an interaction that, uh, a, a, that, that they're able to work at, together at a certain level. Now, how does the labor have anything to do with Shalom bias, very interesting, because we know there's a parsha in the Torah that's known the parsha of Sota. Sota is if a man suspects his wife of infidelity, right? He warns her, I do not want you secluding with a certain person. Witnesses come and say, we saw that she secluded. Now, we don't know if anything happened. Or didn't. He's not allowed to continue having relations with her until she's willing to come to the base of Migdash and she has to drink a mixture of Water with God's name that has been written on a parchment and then burnt into ashes, mixed into the water, and she drinks it. If nothing happened, and in fact, it is, it's considered to be, it, 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 it adds fertility. She's able to give birth much easier, much quicker because of drinking it. If chas v'shalom, something had happened, then her body explodes. It's a parsha of sota, it's a parsha in the Torah. Now, where was this water taken from? was taken from the labor. So the labor, this kior, re- actually brings shalom bias, creates shalom bias. So Hashem said, not only do I want you to accept the gift, you're going to be making the kior, which the kior is going to be used to further the cause of shalom bias between husband and wife in, in, in the future. Okay, that's, we'll take a look at the, the Rashi over here. Sanasa kior mehem. The kior was made from these mirrors, Shehula Sum Shalom Ben Ishla Ishta that brings peace, harmony between husband and wife, Lahashkos Mimayim Shabasoko, to be able to give to drink from the water that's in it, Lamisha Kar Ashakina Lobala, to someone whose husband has uh, become jealous and suspects his wife of infidelity. Alright? Venister and she went and secluded anyway with a person that he was he was jealous of, right? The rest of it is, uh, is, is not necessarily for the point we're making. Now, we have to understand what was the, uh, the, the, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is, 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 is the most brilliant man that ever lived. He's the one that, that was able to uh, directly give us the Torah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, but he doesn't want these mirrors. Because Baruch is telling him, no, you've got to take them. So what is exactly the debate that's going on over there? Now, why doesn't Moshe Rabbeinu want them? So the symbolist right is because Moshe Rabbeinu says, what do they use them for? They use the mirrors to make themselves look more attractive. And, and that it becomes the vehicle of the Yetzirah, that's what it says, the Yetzirah, for them to, uh, let me just add that, right? To move forward and, uh, and, 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 have relations with her husband. Moshe Rabbeinu felt that's not really appropriate. And, uh, and the symbol of standing is, it's okay, it's true that it's the Yetzirah, but because of this Yetzirah, we have all these children that are being born, and that's why they were able to have such a large, uh, th- such large throngs of people leaving Mitzrayim. But that's the simplest understanding that's what's going on here, that he, Moshe Rabbeinu thought, and Hashem said, and, but again, what is the purpose of the mirrors? The purpose of the mirrors are that to make themselves, beautify themselves, so that their husband, after these back-breaking work they were subject to by the Egyptians, should still find an interest 
They should build up their libido because it was being destroyed by the work that was being done. And, and, and this way they were able to continue and propagate and, and it was supposed to, there were the Jews that were necessary to leave Egypt. That's the simplest understanding. But Rashi throws in so much more information here that, it's, that seems to be unnecessary. And also, what does it mean? Right? We understand the point that Rashi is making. They used to use these mirrors to adorn themselves. Stop, right there. You want to go to the next level, and therefore they were able to get their husbands interested. But Rashi says they would go and they would cook for them and they would feed them, right? And then they would take these mirrors and hold them up in front of their husbands and they would say, who is more beautiful than who? What's going on over here? What's, what is all of this extra information that Rashi's throwing in the Tzamas gives us a better understanding of what's going on. So if the only point is that this is uh, leading to, this, these are leading to the, 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 the Sahara because women use it for, in fact, the halacha is brought down, it's not the uh, normative halacha today, if you open up a Shulchan Aruch, it actually says men should not use mirrors, only women are allowed to use it. It's considered Beget Isha. It's like a garment of a woman for a man. If you go in Eretz Yisrael, the yeshiva I went to in Kol Torah, the bathrooms, there are no mirrors. They don't have mirrors, do they? Right? Today, that's become not, not necessarily something that identified specifically with a woman. In fact, probably men are more vain. You know, if you see any time, you know, these guys, especially, you know, when they, you go to gyms, you know, who are the ones who are always flexing when they walk past? It's the men. It's not the women. But anyway, the point is that we understand, and maybe that was Moshe's reservation, somehow he wasn't seeing something that Akash Baruch was seeing, and what is that added information that he was seeing, and also why is Rashi throwing in all of this extra uh, information about the cooking and, and, and feeding and, and, and holding the mirror up and saying who's prettier than who. I mean, it seems to be a lot of information here that doesn't seem to enhance the understanding of what we're trying to explain here. <clears throat> also, you know, Rashi brings down from the, this one pasuk, and, and, and they brought the mirrors that the gath, that they gathered at the entrance, which is saying also it says, and the mirrors that caused the throngs of people. Rashi somehow is able to read, it's reading in Medrash, Tanchuma, that there was, a, there was an argument going on here. How do we see over here there was any argument going on? Where, where is it implied in the verse that Moshe initially did not want to take it, somehow he was resisting, and the women were, 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 wanted it, were insisting, and then Akash Baruch had to step in. I mean, that doesn't seem to be clear in the verse either. So, I think the shot over here that there seems to be a, a debate going on addresses the first point. Like, why were they coming in mass? Why were they coming in thr- as a throng? Right? It must have been is that the initial, when they first donated, Moshe Rabbeinu said no. What did they do? What's going on here is actually a protest. They're coming as a group. They're coming, and in fact, very interesting is that there at the Targum, the Unculus, there, I make translation on the Pasuk, says they came to pray. It's like almost like, you know, they have these, these, these protests, you know, where, uh, you know, these sit downs and they, they, they sing Kumbaya, whatever they, you know, they, they, so that's what they were doing. They were praying, this was a woman's prayer group coming together, praying, 
But there was like voicing their upsetness that Moshe Rabbeinu is refusing to accept the mirrors. Shem steps in, and now we understand. Moshe, and, and Hashem says, not only should you accept it, but these are the most important donations. Okay, okay understand, accept it. Now it becomes the most important donation. Like, let's understand, why is this so critical that Hashem says this actually is the most important uh, donation? So, fascinating Gemara, Masechus Soto. We're going to read this in a moment. Soto 11b. We know that the Pasuk says that they were subjugated to Avodas Parach. Now, the simplest understanding is backbreaking work. Now, why were they being subjugated to backbreaking work? So the Medrash says is that what Paro wanted to do, he said, listen, he tried to kill the babies. It wasn't working. So one way to stop it is to, it's population control. So if the killing of the babies is not limiting the population, what do you have to do? The population is going to stop them from having children. So he started, the first, there was two phases. There was back-breaking work that physically, you break them, okay, that's going to destroy their libido, they'll stop having children, that's population control. It didn't help. The Pazik says that the more he pushed, and the more they, the harder the work was, miraculously, the more children were being born. Kasher Yavlu, or some Kenya froats, it was exploding, it wasn't helping. So he said, I have to come up with another idea. This is the Medrash says over here, right? So it says over here, Vayavidu Mitzrayim, this is taken from the Gemara in Sota 11b, Vayavidu Mitzrayim is B'nei Yisrael B'forech. What does it mean, B'forech? So one is, Vayavudah Kashah, B'chomer Levein, it was the hard work, and that was stage one of Parech, didn't work. But then the Gemara says like this, Paro came up with a brilliant idea. Amar Rab Shmuel Bar Nachmeni, Amar Rab Yonason, Shoyu Machlifin Meleches Anoshim Lanoshim, or Meleches Noshim Laanoshim. That what he did was, he changed the roles. The men should only do work that was assigned normally to women, and the women should do men's work. How does that accomplish what he wants? Again, the measure says the idea of the back-breaking work that he made the men do was, for one reason, population control. That wasn't working. The more you pressured them, the more children there were. A psychological, emotional way of, of, of trying to break them. Give the men women's work and the women men's work. That's what he was trying to do. What he was trying to do he was trying to do is if you 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 you, you make you, you make them effeminate, you, you're emasculating them. That will destroy their libido. That's what he was trying to do. So b'farech, actually, that's stage two, and Raja brings it down. That's the second stage of breaking them, breaking them emotionally. That's what he was trying to do, trying to break them. And that would tr- that would have that ability. Man has felt that he's been emasculated. They're not going to be able to have children. Right. Unbelievable that the next line, Darash Rabavira, this is the next line in the Gemara. 
and the merit of the righteous women, that were in that generation, the Jewish people got Geula. We're going to see that every time there's been redemption, it's always the women that lead the cause. That the redemption, Hanukkah story, Megillah, it's always women that are, they have a certain perception, but here it is also, we left Egypt in their merits. What happened over here? Shahol Chosh of Mayim, when they would go and draw water, he would let them get small fish, bechdeim in their in their jugs, shavas, uh, and they would draw them mechza mayim. Half of it was water, mechza dagim, and half of it was fish. They poured into two different buckets. Achas One was for hot water to bathe their husbands. Vachas dagim, and one was fish to be able to feed their husbands. Umalichen etzel baaleim would take it to their husbands into the fields, and they would bathe them, and they would adorn them, anoint them, and they would have relations with their husbands. And that's where, that way, they were able to continue propagating the Jewish people. That's the, that's the Gemara and Sota. Right. Let's go back now to what we said, how, what the purpose of the mirrors were. So we, we understand right now, basically, is what Paro was saying is, that if I can emasculate the men, if I can make the men lose that sense of masculinity by making them do women's work, that'll have the same effect. How did the women counteract that? Go back to the Rashi. Okay? So there's no question. The mirrors were used for, you could argue, for vanity purposes, for purposes of beautification, making themselves look nice. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't like that. Hashem says to him, the mirrors were also used for something else. Right? What were they done? The women would... First of all, we asked them, they cooked and they, they, they did all this work to go ahead and feed their husbands. And then they would hold the mirrors up in front of their husbands. And they would say, who is more beautiful? I am more beautiful than you are. What's the purpose there? What are they doing? Okay. What they're trying to reinstate. Yes, Paro might be trying to break you down. But I'm telling you, I am still the woman. I am still the woman. They're undoing what Paro is trying to do. I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to bake for you. I want you, I'm trying to build you up. You might be doing the cleaning all day and the cooking all day and the baking all day and whatever it is that they're trying. I'm trying to build you up that, the, that, 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 that they had the capacity to undo whatever impact or negative impact was happening. That's what they were doing. And Hashem was saying is, these mirrors... Right? That's why it's not just because they beautified themselves. Beautified themselves maybe helped with stage one, when the men were weary and broken, whatever. Stage two, beautifying themselves wasn't going to do it. Because men have been, become effeminate. The men have become the, demoralized. Their, their masculinity has been taken away. Phase two of Oris Parach required that the women show the man that I still see you as the man. And that's what, and Hashem said, that restoring that role, which could have destroyed the whole of the Jewish people, that I see as more important than any other donation that can be made. And now Rashi fits in beautifully. He, he's not just waxing poetic. And not, why are they holding up the mirror? I am more beautiful than you. What is it? No, I am the woman. I am the one. Femininity comes from me, not from you. 
So just to step back, because I think what the, the, the message, the overall message is, and you know, I think gender roles today in society are being questioned at every level. By the way, we're at, at, at minus numbers in terms of population growth as well. Across the world. You know, it's the, the I think the only place it, it, the, in, 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 in Muslim countries, there's a surplus in the Haredi communities, there's a surplus, but everywhere else, you know, and there has to be a correlation between the gender roles in terms of that as well, I'm sure. But the point is that the, the, the you know, we, and we, listen, we're at a situation where in society, and this goes back already 40 years, 30, 40 years, you could have homes where women are earning more money than even the husbands. You know, that's, so, and that's, it's, it's, it's almost, today it's a requirement. I mean, it's not something that we can say, you know, but I, I, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that therefore we've changed the whole gender roles and what it's saying is, it's still, yes, it's going to make it more difficult, but a husband and wife can still work together and the wife can still give the husband the feeling that he is the husband. And by the way, the flip side as well. Because it goes the other way too. You know, we, you find, you see these, you know, these, uh, corporate, you know, women that become so, uh, masculine, right? They don't want to get married anymore. They don't want, you know, it's like, you can lose it the other way too. It's the husband's responsibility to show the mother that he appreciates her for whatever feminine qualities are. You know, the man, as much as the man wants, a man will never be able to create a maternal instinct. Maternal instinct will always be a mother's for her child. And a man can be, will have a close feeling with his children, but never, it will never be a, a maternal instinct. But that could be lost. And we see that unfortunate, you know, as a, um, I, 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 I remember my Rashiva pointing out there was like a spate of situations where women were you know, there was a woman who drove into the water killing her children. And like so, like, you never heard of things like that. And the, the maternal instinct is so strong, so you, you, can, you can lose that. So it's really, the, 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 the roles are not dictated by society. Society might dictate, this is the way, this is the way we have to earn money these days. This is what we have to go ahead and do. But that doesn't stop the role within the home. The husband can make the man feel like a husband. On the other hand, well, she can emasculate the husband too, by the way. It goes, goes both ways. And the woman, on the other hand, and the man also, if you don't make, if, if what, you know, my wife, the lawyer, and that's the most important, the breadwinner, that actually has the opposite. You know, yes, you feel, you're supposed to give a, a appreciation for the fact that the wife is out there working and doing the things, and you know, but it's, it's the, the yeah, showing the appreciation for her being a wife, the fact that this was a wonderful meal you just cooked, and, and helping with you know uh, the cleanup just to show appreciation, or whether it's you know look at a wonderful mother you are, and look how you take your mysterious nephesh for the children, that showing and highlighting that that is what gives the woman a sense of my role of importance in my husband's eyes, as well as the husband having the role of importance in his wife's eyes. That can be created no matter what societal dictates. Uh, and what the, the the values are out there? Yes, they're fighting it, but that's I think that's the critical piece, and that's what's saying. No matter what Paro was doing, women were able to undo that, and 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 it was so critical that Akhor Shvorov said that's the most important gift. 
And therefore, it is, think about the morning, that's what sanctifies the Kohanim. This is the vessel of sanctification. You do the Kiddush Yadah, it's called sanctifying your hands and feet in the morning, be able to go there, but without it, you can't do the Avodah. And the laws of Sota, which bring Shalom Bites, all comes from this vessel. The vessel which Moshe Rabbeinu initially said, you know, it's a mirror, you don't put something like that, that's not, that's not appropriate. So that's the, that's the, the best vessel for me. That actually brings the Kedusha to Klai Yisrael. And why? Because it gave, the women were able to use that to re-establish the family unit. Who's the father? Who's the mother? Who's the husband? Who's the wife? That's what they were able to use with it. That made it so important. Okay. Any questions?